our cars will break down. And when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Good evening, Detroit Lakes. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown on your favorite sports station, KDLM Sports, Detroit Lakes, and Fargo. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of the UFTA Sports Network. That's a uh, ever-expanding network of websites like vikingsterritory.com, purpleptsd.com, thedraftteam.com, etc., etc. I am here as always with my co-host, my mentor, and most importantly my friend, Mr. Joe Oberly. How are you doing, man? Good, Joe. Speaking of uh, Detroit Lakes, I was up in DL this past weekend. Um, you were? Up, I was, and I went up with it for a family thing, and uh, me and my wife stayed in Detroit Lakes, and, and I, it was all I could do to keep ahead of and just a little separate from the throng of fans that wanted to you know, talk to me. And then, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, when a couple did break through, they'd always come up and they'd say, you know, to, to talk to me about the website, and they'd say, Oh, I was looking for the other Joe. I was going <laughs> to say they probably were additionally excited because it was just you. No, no, no. They're looking for you. No, it was uh, – you know, I'd never – you know, I've always go up to that area every memorial with uh, my wife's family. She's uh, – her parents grew up in Wabin, which is down the road, really small town. And um, I've never really spent time in Detroit Lakes, but I did this weekend and, and uh, spent some time on the lake, big Detroit Lake, which was wonderful, perfect weather, uh, went golfing at one of the courses, and uh, what a neat town, neat town. It was, uh, uh, it was fun to be there, and uh, hopefully uh, they, like, they like what we're doing here, because and, and, uh, I, I think it's a neat place. i got to go back there soon. How long does it, does it take to to drive up there for people up in Detroit lakes listening. Uh, Joe and I both live down in the Metro area. I live in downtown Minneapolis and, and Joe lives in the Northern suburbs. Um, but I've actually, now that the sites are doing well enough for me to, you know, afford, uh, periodic meals. Uh, I've been looking for a, a cabin. I've always wanted a cabin. We, we never had one, Growing up, my my uh, my mom's mom had a farm in Rush City that was like my favorite place in the entire world, 
and my family's kind of been looking at getting uh, a cabin and or land on Lake Superior, but I saw some stuff online, a couple really like older cabins on in Detroit Lakes on that lake uh, that were really affordable and they were, you know, right on the lake. Um, that seemed kind of cool, and I and I thought that'd be kind of a a neat place to go. Well, I bet I bet you they're a little spendy right now because that is a, a very popular place. Place they they have an awesome beach. I mean, it just extends for. It's got to be one of the best in the state. Uh, the, the beach on Big Detroit Lake that uh, goes on and on and on. But uh, you know, from door to door for me, it's about four hours from Fridley to get up there. So it's it's a haul. You got to commit yourself for a while. You can't just go up for for the weekend, I think, because it's a lot of driving. But uh, uh, certainly, plenty of people do. But well, uh, maybe we could do like a Ufta Hyperloop. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hyperloop. <laughs> those underground pressurized tubes that create a vacuum, so there's you know no uh, friction from air. That I guess you can travel from New York to L.A. in thirty minutes or something. That's crazy. what you want. Yeah, that's what you want. Get one of those. Uh, we could do it on the cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Any press is good press. Owner of yeah, I'll, 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 I'll liquefied. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait for that to happen, then I'll, I'll, I'll move my living up to Detroit Lakes too. So we're, we're, <laughs> we're, all, we're all your peeps are, not mine, yours. I, you know what? I, I, the more I think about it, it would be fun, and we could coordinate this with the, with the team at KDLM. But it would be fun to do some sort of event up there like once a year or something. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. you know, see if people, at, you know, cause we've, we've had some, some positive feedback online and it'd be fun to see, you know, if people actually listen to the show in any significant amount of, uh, you know, numbers and if they would, you know, show up to you know, whatever radio stations do. I don't, I don't know. I don't listen. I listen to satellite radio cause I'm fancy now, but, um, so it's a little scary to come out from behind the microphone, Joe. I know. <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things where I think that the mystery is better than the reality. That's right. <laughs> they say never meet your heroes, and it's one of those uh, never uh, look at Joe Johnson directly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, anyway. it, it, it was kind of a slower news week, but we always find some, some fun Vikings topics to talk about uh, at the top of the show, I wanted to t- actually talk about a couple different things. Uh, one thing I teased last week was that we were going to be announcing a partnership with Paul Charchian, who I would say is essentially the godfather of fantasy football, if in Minnesota, if not just Minnesota nationally. I think um, if people aren't familiar with him, he created uh, or started Fanball.com like in the late 90s, early aughts, and uh, I think that was the first fantasy football website ever. Uh, he sold that, and he started a, a new uh, fantasy football company and website called the uh, GuillotineLeagues.com that is a completely different format, and I, 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 I asked him in the last week something I should have asked him a long time ago, but whether or not this format was unique to guillotineleagues.com or if it was something that like you know other like yahoo sports now has that option and he essentially said that he didn't come up with the idea himself 
uh, somebody else approached him with the idea, but guillotineleagues.com is the first, and as far as I, I know, the uh, only uh, fantasy football company that does this format where essentially uh, you have leagues of 18 teams, and each week everybody competes against everybody else, your full roster, and the lowest scoring team that week gets cut, hence guillotine, and then all of the, the players from that team get uh, back out on the waiver wire. And so each week there's a ton of pressure to win, and then also uh, the waiver wire is incredibly important. And it's just it seemed like such a, a cool model. And so I was talking to Charge and essentially was like, you know, we have our app coming up, and every year I kind of talk about, you know, st- creating a, a fantasy football department on the websites and that we need a fantasy football sponsor and it never really kind of turns into anything and i said so i really want to do it right and you're the guy and so uh we finally finalized everything and we can announce this week what we uh, teased last week but we're doing an oofta sports guillotine leagues super chop league where essentially we're going to have 12 separate teams of 18 people each of those 12 leagues is going to have either uh, a, a, a writer that is, uh, you know, uh, somewhat well-known uh, or a former player or a fantasy football expert. And so people can join for uh, the buy-in is, is $50 uh, per team, and you randomly end up on one of these 12 different leagues, and it's basically – the way we're branding it is, if, you know, if you tell your friends that you're, you know, this fantasy expert, put, let's put your, your money where your mouth is and see if you can beat Matt Burke, John Sullivan, Wabi, Mr. Oberly, m- myself, AJ Mansoor from K-Fan, so on and so forth in these leagues. And uh, I think the top, uh, if you end up winning the league, you win like $4,000. So it's it's, nice. uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Is- Joe, is that, are those things, are those leagues, uh, the draft, are they snake, or are they auction, how does that work, or can you make it up whatever you want? So I, I believe, well, I know that there's snake, but I believe, oh, nice. I, I believe that's how it works, and actually, each person gets between two and six hours to make their pick, um, <laughs> and so the drafts take, a, obviously, a while, but it's made so everyone basically you know has the the ability to be involved in the draft nice um, and not be like well i can't make it so i have to do an auto draft you know if you have 6 hours at some point you're going to be able to hop on your phone and make that decision that's uh, good yeah okay I, that sounds good i mean i i'm you know just i've never done a uh an auction. So I'm not that familiar with them, but snakes, you know, I'm, I'm good. Cause uh, you know, then, then everybody's available to everybody for the most part. Well, they are in auctions too, but it, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be fun. I've never done a guillotine draft for, but it's, it, it's kind of cool. You know, just beat one person each week and, and then make your team stronger. It sounds yeah. like fun, doesn't it? It really, it really does. But you know, I will say, you may be one of the better fantasy football players I've met 
you always seem to do really well. And I'm the type of person who always watches uh, Fantasy Football Live from like 11.30 to noon. And at 11.59, because of that show, I'll always make a change that backfires <laughs> without fail. And so I also like the idea of the entire roster playing. Yes, yeah, that is cool. That uh, that takes that element out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, and it also means you know the strength of your team, and and it yep. shows that you know you're not gonna hate yourself for a year because you made this one change, and then your team got axed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you have to do good research ahead of time so that you have a deep team. And then you can just throw them all out there because you're probably winning week to week with some of those really down roster players, aren't you? I would think. In well, this especially kind of with 18, 18 teams. Right, right. I yeah. mean, you're really going to be – it's almost like the daily fantasy thing where if you really want to win the million dollars in the, on you know DraftKings or whatever – you know, you can have one or two premier guys, but you're basically looking for a bunch of wide receiver threes to have a, the best game of their lives all at the same right. time. That's how it works. Or, or you know it could I mean? work, Joe. You could work for them, you know, for the DraftKings, and then just know what everybody else is doing, and then. Just... <laughs> yeah. Oops, was that out loud? I guess it was. Yeah. Well, we were never going to get that sponsorship in the first place. So oh no. Stay tuned. Uh, there'll be some articles up this week and continuously banners, all sorts of. Uh, stuff for people to learn a little bit more about guillotine leagues to um, click uh, to join like I said the they have three buy-in levels it's $50 $150 and $250 we wanted to start at the $50 $50 level and essentially uh, if we're able to fill those leagues as quickly as we believe we'll be able to, we're going to go up to the next level. And, you know, at the 150 and 250 level, like if you win, you're you're going to make, you know, over $10,000. And so it's uh, the spots are going to be gone really quickly. And so just keep an eye out, uh, everybody, on, um, on our social media, on the sites. Sign up. Tell your friends. Uh, you know, I think the funnest part would be able to have the bragging rights of being like, yeah, you know, I beat, you know, Matt Burke, Mr. Harvard at fantasy football. Uh, so we're all very, very excited. We're all very honored to be working with Charge. And, I, don't, I don't think anybody's going to worry about it, Joe, because the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl this year. So that's what we'll be focused on. So right? I, 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 I put this on the agenda every week, and I've alluded to it. We've talked about it a little bit, but I, we never delve into it in, in – the sort of satisfying way that, that I want to. And I, I really want your honest opinion as to why do you think right now, so not necessarily historically, even though I, I think there's a Venn diagram situation going on, that you know fans in Minnesota are, are so hyped about the Vikings, and they're saying, you know, if they were a fringe playoff team last year, look at all the new – or returning people on defense. Justin Jefferson's going to be better. They might even have a good, a, a semi-decent offensive line for once, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this could be a, a contending team. And then on, on a national level, every article that comes out from PFF, Bleacher Report, so on and so forth, essentially you know, puts the Vikings at a, a, a mediocre to sub-mediocre team that probably won't make the playoffs. Or if they do, they'll be one and done. Like, where do you think the discrepancy comes from 
Um, you mean why everybody's so jacked this year? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, why – I guess the uh, – I, I could frame it this way. You know, why Why the national media doesn't – isn't buying into the fact that what local fans think, that this Vikings team oh, is, is, okay. is somewhat a contender now. Well, you know, it, it's it's – I heard someone say so, – someone in the – well – uh, from uh, uh, the Daily Norseman, I used to read him a lot, and and I respect a lot of what he says. And he says that you know if 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 the Vikings, with after all they've done this off season, especially on defense, um, to improve things and you know and everything else, if if uh, they don't get it done for a deep play, playoff run this year, then it's time to to start over and 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 clean house with you know probably Zimmer and. Spielman, what have you, and and I don't and I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, what? Uh, because I think they did they did some great moves. They did some great moves, and uh, uh, they they did a lot of moves. But let's remember, they are rebuilding a defense. Did the did the rebuilding the defense help uh, uh, Zimmer in his first year when he came back? No, he had to do a, a very poor defense he had to rebuild it and it took a while before they really became you know top five you know 10 top five um this defense has to come together there there is a lot of new faces there's you know that defensive i I like what he's done there's no question about it there's some good players i still am scratching my head how they did it from a from a salary cap perspective i read yet i think earlier today that uh, with what they saved on uh, Hunter's uh, salary cap, they now have 14 million remaining. That just that's amazing, you know, yeah. with where they were sitting before the the free agency period started. But you know, you have to be, you have to come together. You have to have some luck involved. You have to have so many different things, and and you have to, you know, for another season, you have to keep Kirk Cousins healthy. You have to keep Dalvin Cook healthy. You have to. Uh, uh, have uh, the fact that the, the increased focus on Justin Jefferson is not going to make him regress. You have to have uh, this offensive line, which is now just, you know, it's, it's potentially going to have two rookies and two new people starting on a position, I think, maybe, um, maybe one other one. And that has to work. You know, just because you're on paper and you got these guys and they're all in and they're all saying, okay, we're all going in the right direction. It doesn't necessarily always come together that way. Sometimes these things take. You got a new offensive coordinator for crying out loud. I don't care if he's Kubiak's kid. He's got a new. He's got a new system. They've got to learn it. The quarterback who's got another new offensive quarterback, Kirk Cousins. What is it? Six and seven years or something like that. That it, I it, honestly think. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's okay. I'll go that, on forever. That is don't. a completely <laughs> overlooked aspect of Cousins' time here. Oh, absolutely. Every season. He's had, on average, a new OC uh, because he and he hasn't that, done bad. That, that he one year bad. he had Dean yeah. Lippo and Stefanski, right? Right. Um, and 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 you know he has he has to be he should be credited for how he's kept things afloat. Completely given. agree with you. Yeah, but uh, huge surprise you know, there. Just just to, to to put a cap on my point, yes, that that's just another uh, brick in this wall that that uh, forged this gap between you know, the Super Bowl and, and where they were last year or, or the, the gap between what the Vikings fans think and and uh, the, the national media says, you know, it, it Joe, we, we, we've, we know this. This is the time to sell hope. And yeah. 
making all these moves does give one hope. It gives me hope. I'm, I'm excited for this season. I really do think they'll make the playoffs. I, I, I don't know unless there's injuries up the wazoo if, you know, or if, uh, like, like I said, Kirk goes down. Uh, I don't think that Kellen Mond is ready to, to, to take this team forward. I, I, uh, there's so many things that have to happen for, for it to be a huge deal. And, uh, you know, that, that, all that side aside, the national media has always liked to poop on the Vikings. So I, I, uh, I, I've always thought so too. I think the only time they really didn't was when Favre was here. Right. Um, and I've told this story a couple times. It's not the most credibility building, but, um, you know, I'm an honest guy. I'm an open guy, and um, not you know, I, I I believe in you know telling some of the stories from my life to remove uh, stigma from it, and so people maybe can not to say that I'm some somewhat of note that can actually inspire anybody, but I went to treatment once because I had a drinking problem, or you still do, obviously. You know, that's something you never get away from, uh, <clears throat> but. The night that I graduated and they did this coin ceremony where they pass a coin around to the, everyone in, in the program and they all say the same platitudes. And I just kept saying to everybody, like, with all due respect, like, I know uh, half of you are find me irritating, but the, the draft is on. <laughs> can, can, like, my, like, my graduation gift just be that we go – watch the draft in the cafeteria, please. <laughs> so I, you're like, I, you're like Jack Nicholson. One floor of the cuckoo's nest. Sorry. Oh, that's probably I, not. A good... <laughs> uh, He's trying so, to watch the world series, you know, anyway, go ahead. Exactly. He, he tries to get everyone to vote and then she won't. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually just watched that movie for the first time, like two months ago. Um, <laughs> and I finally get through it. I run down the hall. I turn the TV on and I see the ticker come, and I saw that this is such a bad, again, credibility, not just because of where I was, but this part of it. I saw that uh, Johnny Manziel, Manziel was available, and they didn't take him. And I was, the only time that I got in, like, uh, disciplined there, because I yelled the F word at the top of my lungs, <laughs> And uh, we were in a hospital on the same floor uh, right next to adjacent to the maternity ward. And so they wanted us to be quiet. And so the security guard was like, Joe, come on, man. And I was like, why wouldn't they take Johnny football? And I'm not kidding you. One of the largest motivations I had at that point for drafting him was I knew that ESPN would give us some coverage. Oh, my goodness. And I was so sick of waiting an hour on Sundays for highlights that were like 15 seconds with no analysis. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, well, Joe, that shouldn't surprise you. I was so pleased they didn't take him. Oh, my goodness. I was so happy. <laughs> I didn't know what they were going to do, but I did not want this guy. I just thought he was trouble. Anyway. Well, you weren't wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the main motivations and one of the reasons that I think our sites have done well and are, are, you know, growing and growing is, is that people are sick of that sort of East coast Yankees, Red Sox, you know, the big name teams get all the coverage. Nobody cares about, uh, the flyover States. Therefore, you know, they kind of, uh, 
you know, and uh, but getting back to the original points, I think the national media sees things that we as fans don't because we're too close to things mm-hmm. and we're too emotionally damaged from being Vikings fans forever. <laughs> and, you know, the reality is, you know, I think one of the most telling stats is, you know, I think it's only four or five head coaches have ever won a Super Bowl after being with the team they won the Super Bowl with for more than five seasons. And all of those head coaches are Hall of Famers, and all the quarterbacks that they had when they won those Super Bowls were uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And I just don't uh, – I'll just read what PFF said about Zimmer because this week they said he was a lower-tier head coach. I think they said he was the 20th best – head, you know, I guess if you want to call it best head coach in the NFL. The quote is, uh, it's important to note that just because Mike Zimmer lands 20th in the NFL head coach rankings does not mean that he is a bad football coach. A revamped defense in 2021 could make us feel differently about where he should rank. However, it's tough to get around his two playoff wins in seven seasons as head coach. One of them was a miracle missed tackle against the the Saints. And the other one... And the and a, and a one that they should have won was a, a missed twenty seven yard field goal. So let's not forget that either. You can you can say it either. Yeah, but then you can if you want to go down that uh, uh, avenue, then you could also say, well, it probably helped that it was absolute zero outside, and Seattle didn't know how to operate. In the the point is, Joe, they he put them in position to win both of those games. So. One he won, one he didn't. I don't do you, think he could. Do you feel like if if Cousins was the quarterback of that team and they lost ten to nine, and uh, uh, they only mustered three field goals, that anybody would forgive him for that? A, B, why <laughs> why does Cousins get all this crap, but Zimmer? Whenever I write an article critical of Zimmer, I get so much hate mail, and I don't understand where these those people who also tend to hate cousins give Zimmer a pass for basically getting, I, I'm going, not, not going not just going to the playoffs every other year but he getting embarrassed in the playoffs every other year uh, there, I'm not going to deny that there's there's uh, uh, something out there uh, that prevents uh, Mike Zimmer from going to the next level. And some of it might be him. I'm not, I'm totally enamored of his in-game maneuvers at all times. Sometimes I think uh, it, it it seems like it is above him. I don't know, but you know, it is above a lot of people. It certainly happened to God's gift to green Bay last year. He panicked in the, in the, in the wrong moment and, and lost a game to go to the super bowl. So this, this happens. There's a lot of pressure in there. I'm not going to say that. Um, I, I'm I'm just reacting to this. If 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 you're going to call that one a miracle missed tackle uh, against him, then you have to call the missed field goal for him. I mean, sure. I, I you know that that that's only fair. Um, I am not you know, and as far as Cousins, I think you know Cousins came to the team with a reputation and a, a history from his time in Washington, and he has done very little to dispel it, and that's unfortunate for him I think he's a good quarterback I don't know yet he has not shown me that he's the kind of guy 
to take the team on his back and get you over the hump and and take you to the promised land. We thought uh, Favre was, and he proved that uh, he fails at that at some times too. But his reputation was different because he did it. You know, um, so much so much of this is built along those lines. You know, I mean, you can look at and you can go find stats to back it up. Cousins, you know, until he won a uh, primetime game, he's going to be said that about him. Well, then he did it, and he didn't. Until he wins a playoff game, he was going to be that's going to be said about him. I mean, and and now you can't say that anymore. So I mean, it, it, that's media laziness that you 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 clue into these little narratives and you throw them out there. Um, them them ranking him twentieth in the NFL, based on what you know? I t- t- tell me what that is. I mean, maybe there's 19 points in him. I'd like to see who they are. There might be. I don't know. I, I it, It's just, to me, I, I steer away from this kind of thing, and I don't give a lot of credence to them. But uh, I, I, I think what uh, this guy said, he's, he's got a lot of line on the line this year. They they, they, they drafted well, I think. They they, they gave him, uh, they, re, they rebuilt the defense, you know, in free agency. It could work out. It might not. Um but there's so many things that can go against him. And I've already mentioned him with Clint Kubiak and what have you. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know you like to, you're, you're different than me on Zimmer and you're certainly different than me on cousins, but I don't think we're that far off in, in that, in, in those differences. Uh, no, you know, but at the same time, I feel like, um, if Zimmer, Maybe was just either a uh, a high level scout or someone in the personnel department. I think he he's masterful at i identifying talent. And, yep, developing it for his defense. I think the the number of high picks that he has used on his defense have disproportionately worked out because he's really good at that. But I also think he there's two things going on in that he gets completely outclassed by this new age of uh, younger, offensive-minded head coaches like Doug Peterson, who isn't that young, but, you know... Um, once in a big spot. Well, the 49ers game, uh, too. Oh, you said Doug Peterson. I was, th- I was just specifically oh. talking about... Yeah, but you know the the Eagles game, the Forty Niners game. Um, but then he, there's been you could also make the argument in the Eagles game that he outcoached himself. Yeah, uh, you know, and 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 that's an issue. Uh, I also think that you know I don't know how again how PFF you know came to these conclusions, but I also think that he has some issues in regards to how he communicates with the media about his players. Some of oh, the issues yeah. that's created, um, some of the things that have been reported on and off the record about how he, you know, essentially is. Uh, I've never once read something and been like, I, I, that's what I, I would like just yelled. I, I was right. I've been saying that for years. Like I wanted to call you, but it was two in the morning. Uh, Thank every, you. For not doing so. <laughs> Reading uh, that Golong TD, uh, the uh, the newsletter, uh, the Substack newsletter by the credentialed uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel sports writer 
who uh, wrote uh, this really long, really um, just astounding article about Zimmer and how a lot of uh, former people from within the organization, players, uh, other coaches, said that he was basically a glorified defensive coordinator that was lazy, collecting a check. Everything oh, was, God, that's not true. Everything, uh, the first part might be, but no, the second part is not. Everything was everyone else's fault but his. Um, I, You know, it, you look at some of the stuff, and it's hard not to connect the dots in that, like, wow, why have there been so many offensive coordinators some have been because of success, Pat Shermer. But when has Norv Turner ever quit mid-season? He's been in the league for since, you know, the Edsel was a car. Like that's he's never just up and. And what has he done that that doesn't uh, uh, warrant uh, him saying I got to go during mid-season? Saying see ya, Norv. Wouldn't want to be. I mean, no offense, but he's not doesn't have the greatest resume himself. Well, I'm, I'm not. Saying, those are, but those are two separate issues. Uh, I'm not saying. Why are you blaming he, that on Zimmer if he quits mid-season? Why is that Zimmer's fault? Because, well, first to address what you said, uh, his performance is neither here nor there in regards to him quitting. Um, and he's never in his career mid-season just said, I quit. Therefore, why is this outlier a thing? Why did D. Filippo get fired halfway through the season? Uh, those are things you have to kind of think about, you know, and you, yeah. you, you know, you read those articles and I, and what do you think about them? I think that, uh, and I've heard this from people that I respect, and this was part of the article, but that Zimmer, um, again, I think he really models himself after Parcells, but he doesn't do it in kind of the right way. It just comes off as mean-spirited. I think he cares way too much, and you're, you're going to laugh. You're not going to agree with this, but this was part of that article, and I've, I've heard multiple former players tell the same thing. Uh, during scrimmages in practice, it, for example, if you call, yeah, you out, said this. call yeah. out the blitz package, he would get furious. The uh, Golong TD article talked about with Filippo, essentially uh, Zimmer telling his, whispering to his defense what the offense was doing so they could win the scrimmage. Um, uh, being really angry about instituting RPO and uh, all, you know, when uh, these or seven step, step drops when it was beating him in practice. And that's why DiFilippo uh, refused to run the ball because Zimmer wouldn't let him basically do. It was a very uh, complex situation. Yeah. And, and so I think that he, um, that that is part of it, and I I don't think PFF obviously included that, but I do think they included some of the stuff in regards to, you know, uh, you know how we had had to sit down with with Greenway after he retired and was like, how can I be a better head coach? And then he turns around and he insults Sharif Floyd for not coming back to practice, and then he has nerve damage, uh, so on and so forth. You know. Yes, I, but if if he's repeating these things over and over again, I guess I I would say then you could criticize him if, if he doesn't make a mistake like Rich Sharif or 
somebody else and, and then learns from it and goes, which he has done and try to talk to figure out how to better handle some of his players publicly. He's, he's, he's working on that. I'll give him credit for that. My issue here with what this, this, this quote from PFS is right here, a revamped defense in 2021 could make us feel differently about where he should rank. Why? Why? Why should, why should that make a difference? They put the, you know, or, uh, if, if they don't perform, it's, it's, I mean, he revamped the defense. It could make us feel differently about where he should rank. I, that just shows you that the, the, the criteria for these things is, is willy-nilly. He's still the same guy. He already put this defense together. Uh, I agree with you. Basically what he's saying is I'm ranking these head coaches solely based on what their wins and losses are this season or what I think they're going to be. Um, but I don't think Zimmer's learned anything. I mean, last season he, he said that um, coaching the new corners that he had was like coaching kindergartners, and it it, it, yeah. it, it angered them. I mean, one of them was on, like, NFL Network or ESPN and was really I'm, bad I about it. It probably means that they, they didn't know that much about the the, the, off, the, the, the corner game in in either his system or in the NFL. But, you know, yes, it, it, it was it – was, you can't say these things these days because they get mad. He's old school. He's Parcellian. You you nailed that, and he still acts like that. And he and he's a bit of a dinosaur. And if he doesn't change some of that, he, he's going to keep pissing off more and more. But what what does it say that uh, people like Mackenzie Alexander and uh, uh, what's the other dude? Or Alexander came back to 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 be coached by him, or that Sheldon Richardson came back. You know, and took less money. I mean, what do these say about you know? When's the last time that's ever happened for a Vikings team where they want to come back and play here, and one of them even taking less money? So you know, I mean, I I, I understand, but I do think that, and I I mean this with all due respect, and you know how much I respect you, Joe. But I think that's a that people pointing out like Mackenzie Alexander ignores a lot about the realities of the NFL as a business, and that. The idea that Mackenzie Alexander, who uh, spurned a uh, long, longer-term deal with, from the Vikings to go to Cincinnati, most people said they thought it was he was mad because he had yeah, to play that week seventeen game, that up. right? Yep. But he basically bet on himself, and he said, "I'm going to take a one-year deal, and I'm going to prove everybody that I should have, you know, that I shouldn't have to play." Uh, week 17 meaningless games and that I should be maybe not a nickel guy, I should be a starter, and it didn't work, right? But haven't you ever mentioned that, the fact that McKenzie left because Zimmer pissed him off? Sure, but I, my point here is that the I think when people argue about McKenzie Alexander coming back, negating any sort of negative aspects of Zimmer's interpersonal relationships, so on and so forth, that, that assumes that McKenzie Alexander has the the pick of the litter of teams to join and some of these guys are looking at it from the, the lens well, of yes you could certainly make that point you know, I'll, saying I'll, I'll, it's, it's probably said, a, it's better for my career to go back to minnesota where i know the system and you know maybe i can still get that long-term deal or sheldon richardson thinks you know that he'll have yeah, an out, outsized impact that, and therefore that, it's better for his career so on and so forth i think patrick no, peterson's the same that's a great same point thing. Wouldn't they not come come back 
if it was just untenable here, if, if it was like, because that was, it was made a big deal when these people left. They, some of them, people blame Zimmer for that. So doesn't it negate that or certainly add nuance to that? Maybe if it was like such agonizing abuse, but I mean, <laughs> they have to look at well, these. It sounds like you're saying that he does. He, he calls them kindergartners. He, you know, I mean, some of this is, I mean, God, I played high school football. Our coach was an ass. You know, he called me plunger because my dad was a plumber, you know. Um, okay, I had coaches growing up playing hockey when I was, like, in fourth grade who said things that were, <laughs> you would not believe. Yes, um, I've heard some of the most racist comments in my life from my high school. And, and I'm not saying that I agree with this newfound sensitivity. I mean, uh, our during the se- the we our co-host during the season, Mike Tice, retired because he said guys don't want to be coached anymore. Right. I don't. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm. What I'm saying is that you have to make some concessions in this new world. Not because it's right or wrong, but but because it it's better for the team. Agreed, Joe. Agreed. And what? I think Zimmer's trying to. I just think it's harder for him. He, he and and maybe that's a criticism that you can make. I I, I you know Bud Grant left partially for the same reason because he lost. You know the the players were gaining control and the the coaches were not. I I, I get that. And in this new day and where you make a great point, it's better for the team. And I, I think Zimmer's trying. Uh, my only question to you is, okay, goodbye, Zim. Who are you going to bring in? Clint Kubiak? Uh, you're going to see, you know, I mean, who, who are you bringing in? I mean, you know, how Anybody. long? Anybody. Before... <laughs> see, that, see, that's not a good answer. No but, no, no, but well, honestly, though, because the, the, the question doesn't follow. Not anybody's going to get you to the playoffs as many times as you Sure, season. but at the same time, what has he done? Like, I'm not. I'm not just saying anybody for the sake of being, uh, for effect. What I'm saying is the question basically implies that uh, Zimmer can't. Don't replace Zimmer because who you replace him with might not be as. It could be worse. Yeah. Could be. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But, but that's then. Then what you're basically arguing is let's just never make any changes at all. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's I'm the lo- that. But that is the logic of the question. No, it, it, you better have somebody in mind to replace him, and I don't know who that is. I mean, it, Zimmer also plays in a in a in a, uh, a division where uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best of all time, plays. It's like playing in the Patriots division. You know, you're not. You know, unless. You have to get past Aaron Rodgers every year. So, I mean, there's a little bit there. You can't just lay it all that he's – like this guy said, it doesn't say he's, a, he's necessarily a bad coach. but uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a laundry list of young uh, coordinators out there. I've, I've sort of made the argument that, you know, um, perhaps having an offensive-minded younger head coach come in here – uh, would be better than having a defensive-minded head coach because we have, you know, such amazing elite talent on this offense, and we've honestly seen kind of the the, the peak of what Zimmer's defense can do, and it it's basically shown us that it needs an elite offense as well, even when it's, I mean, 
this is not, it sounds hyperbolic, but I could make the argument that no head coach has ever been put in a better position than Zimmer was from 2014 uh, up until now. I mean, either through just uh, timing or through uh, having the keys to the kingdom, right? They bu- uh, I say that. I'd like to see the facts behind it. But yeah, okay, the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium just got ranked the number one stadium in the country. TCO is the number one facility in the country. Uh, uh, he got every single draft pick that he wanted. He had... For a position that has two starters, he got five first-round picks for it because it's his position of obsession. He every single dollar he want he asked for to be spent on the roster he wanted to build, he got to get the quarterback to get over the hump. They changed the way that the NFL wrote contracts forever to do that. Well, he, you know, he uh, wanted, do you want me to have wanted, to point out that his quarterback is not for, who he wanted? He, didn't he wanted want, for nothing. He didn't want Cousins. Cousins was not his guy. He wanted Case Keenum, the guy that he... Oh, no, they didn't want him either. He probably wanted something else. He, did, he didn't want to sell the farm to Kirk Cousins, but he was kind of forced to because, you know, there was nothing else to do out there, and they hadn't drafted one. Who, so tells, I, who tells Zimmer what to do? Uh, I do. What? Nobody tells Zimmer what to do. Zimmer, every week in 2017, in the media, wouldn't even confirm for the upcoming game that Case Keenum was the starter. Yeah. Yeah, he likes to play those games. Uh, here's where I will criticize him. I, I'm not I'm not enamored with his, his newest offensive coordinator. You said there's this long list of offensive coordinators out there. I'd like to see who they are and bring one of those into the offensive coordinator, and then you can maybe, you know, move up. But suddenly we're uh, – because he likes Kurt, uh, Gary Kubiak, and he likes uh, his kid. I don't know that he's ready. You know, he's never had that position elsewhere before, so – uh, I'm I'm not uh, excited. I was about... resigned to it just because I was like, you know what, we need continuity because Cousins keeps having these changes, and I don't agree with his own blocking system. To be completely honest with you, but we're too far down that rabbit hole now to go back. What are we gonna do? Revamp it for another ten years? Like, and that's you know, kind of the way we are with Zimmer. But... Yeah. And they fired George Edwards after the 49ers game, even though the reason they lost that game was because the offensive line was every play was dead before it even started and i thought that was a clear i thought sign. he wanted to leave i didn't know that they fired him oh yeah he, they fired him right right after the game um anyway yeah i i i uh i you're not a zimobo i know you know but i still at the same time i think that the they've drastically improved their chances i do also think it's ironic that uh, all these positive roster moves, all, uh, so on and so forth, I think have almost made Zimmer's hot seat hotter, you know? Yeah, it's, that's, you know what, what I mean? that's what I said. That's what I started out this conversation with. Yeah. I that, yeah, I said that uh, if they don't do uh, improve now, uh, it's time to clear house. What, what would you do if they won the Super Bowl, Joe? Would your view of Zimmer change? I think PFS would. Oh, of course it would. I mean, I'm not an unreasonable person, but I honestly... Oh, well, I, see, my, it shouldn't. It shouldn't, Joe. It shouldn't. If if all the reasons that you're saying that, and all of a sudden he wins the Super Bowl, 
So then he's then he's a uh, a great coach. No, I, I would know. say you I, know what I would say I, I was wrong about him. I didn't think he could do something that he just did. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. I, I that that's kind of a a loaded question, but you know it, it just I, I just hate dragging on uh, people all the time, and uh, you know I I don't know that there's an, any objective way to to view it all. I mean. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers gone and see how that team does without him and see if, if all of a sudden their coach is the genius that he, everybody thought he was when he came in. I, I, you know, it, it's ultimately the players. You know, and if you draft good players, you develop good players, you put them in a position to win. If you can't do that, then you got to go. But I, I feel like uh, Zibber does that to a certain degree. Sometimes I, I, I feel like he, he panics. In 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 the in the in the ends of games where you really need to be on top of it, yep. I coached I coached uh, grade school basketball, and at, at times I was hyperventilating. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't know what to tell them down the clut, you know, stretch. You know, they come over and they time out. They're they're all looking at you like you got this this uh, Hoosiers like speed. You know, like, go on do the picket fence for yep. crying out loud. Yep. You know, I don't know what to tell them, and it is. It is seriously. I, I I couldn't drink enough water. You know, it, it's it's so intense in those moments, and so I I I. It bothers me because I see a little bit of that in Zim sometimes. I I, I just say I don't know if he's he's got that that play up his sleeve or that great move. You know, if if it depends on his defense, maybe he does. But I I you know I don't know if uh, if, if we have the offensive minds to to do that. I don't know. And yeah, I'll so, never forget Harrison Smith uh, in the Eagles game, kind of throwing his arms up after like the tenth uh, wide open catch for like thirty yards. And yeah, he, you yeah. know, I was like, man, if he's confused, uh, I, I coached a women's over forty hockey team with my brother-in-law, like I don't know, eight years ago, and it was inter- like women who had never really played hockey before. And they, I was the coach of the defense, and whenever the other team would score, they'd come. And after a while, they kind of got not fr- like frustrated with me. They'd be like, "Joe, you know, you're your coach. You're supposed to give us like advice when they <laughs> score. When they score, tell us what what happened and what how to improve." And I said, "What? Okay, next time, don't fall down." I don't know what else to tell you, but that's I know. the solution all right. to all these problems. Um, no, it, it's it's intense, and it, you know, uh, I I will give Zimmer credit to a certain degree. He he knew he got his his uh, hat handed to him in, in in Philadelphia, and so they went out and hired the offensive coordinator to figure out what the hell happened to his defense. You know, uh, isn't that an admission that okay? I got out coached. I got to do something about it. You know, it's yeah, not. Yeah, and then, then he ran that, that offensive coordinator. Uh, and how's he done since then? He's gone for a couple more teams, hasn't he? So, I mean, I'm, I, he can't. That, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and I, I don't disagree, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more nuanced than we all make it. You know, Zimmer hasn't won. The big one, so get rid of them. I'm, I'm just, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. You, 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 you put out a lot of good reasons why, but uh, I'm just not completely there yet. I, I, I'm like PFF. 
you know, a revamped defense in 2021 could make me feel differently where I should rank him. Yeah. So. Anyway. Then they should have titled the article something different. <laughs> it shouldn't have been uh, like uh, an attempt to objectively rank head coaches based on certain qualities. It should be uh, essentially here's our rankings of how what we think these coaches will do this season, what their record will be. Right. Um, you know, and I I do think that it from to put a pin in the original question of you know the national media versus uh local media or local fans i do think it's a little um strange that if the vikings uh went 7 and 9 last year to expect them not to make the playoffs this year considering right you know, you know i i totally agree i mean uh, they have to be on the cusp and if if rodgers is gone expected even more that should you know you know big time you know they they have those two giant guys in in the middle of the d line uh honestly if they have if they had the offensive line that that russell wilson complains that basically wanted out of seattle because of that they would have a top three scoring offense in the nfl Mm -hmm. i mean that that weren't uh, they top five they were top five in yards. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you're right. They were like 14 in scoring. You're correct. You're yeah, right. but I think that they, you know, again, and we've talked we talked about this a lot, but I think a lot of that was by effect. I think they could have scored a ton of points, but they wanted those long, methodical drives. They didn't want Zimmer to get, did. Yep, they didn't want to get into shootouts. And I'm not even I'm not knocking it. I get it. They didn't have the defense to get correct. into those situations. Um, now they may. I do find it a little strange that, uh, and I don't, uh, you know, I'm not knocking anything that our writers do say for uh, something that I'm going to talk about at the end of the show, but uh, there was an article written essentially saying that, you know, the Vikings don't even really need Jeff Gladney, uh, who obviously uh, is his career is pr- uh, not not even probably over. It's it's definitely over. Um, but, you know, looking at some of these moves the Vikings have made with, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson, or what was the name of the guy um, the, that they signed? Bruce, uh, he started with two Bs. His name yeah, is... Yeah, like Bleeman. Uh, Bleeman Blinkens, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the it's funny that, yeah... It, isn't it? Yeah, Breland, not Bleeman. Um, <laughs> you know, he's you know kind of a middle of the road guy. He's you know started for the the Chiefs a few games. It's not like he's a a guy even on Patrick Peterson's level. But I saw that article about you know they don't even need Jeff Gladney. And then I saw the article you wrote yesterday about you know the the shooting that happened this week and how life will happen and essentially and I, and I'm you know paraphrasing but you know it, with the cornerback situation you know we kind of are lucky that they overinvested those five first round draft picks because look what happened with Mike Hughes and look what happened with Gladney and it's kind of the same thing with the defensive line um yep. 
And so, you know, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, explain in, uh, your article a little bit, but also I think it's very cavalier uh, to kind of assume that just because things are, are as they are now means that's how they'll be at the end of the season. I mean, I mean, we've seen what injuries can do last year. And, yep. uh, you know, at the same time, uh, I do feel like the, the they are, from a cornerback uh, perspective, you know, an injury or two away from being in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I I, I guess the, the, the Jalen Twyman shooting was the jumping off point for me. I mean, in a matter of an hour on Twitter, I saw somebody somebody say, uh, uh, why are the Vikings – signing so many defensive tackles, you know, and then about an hour later, uh, these things happen to, to twine. And I go, well, it's kind of like one answered the other, you know, I mean, life happens, things happen. I mean, we've, we've had a history over here. We've had injuries. We've had Michael Pierce sitting out for COVID. We've had, you know, uh, Linville Joseph got shot. Linville Joseph got, got shot, you know, you, you know, starting to wonder what the deal is with defensive tackles. Here. I know it's, it's, you know, uh, Especially so, for Linval, like leaving the Giants, thinking, well, now I'm in small town Minneapolis, it's safe. <laughs> At the first weekend he's here, he gets shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I was kind of putting together the history of all that. And, you know, I, for me, this this was that that was the jumping to thinking about the, the cornerback that situation in Minnesota a few weeks ago because the Vikings were kept signing and kept signing more cornerbacks and going, what are they doing? And it got to me to be a comical point. I mean, they have six free agent cornerback uh, signings and they didn't draft any this year, but they, they have like 15 on the roster. <laughs> and I'm just going, my goodness, what's going on here? Well, you know, then stuff happens. Then you got Gladney happens and then Dantzler's hurt. And then, you know, uh, some of these guys may end up being, turned into safeties who knows i mean at, at some point but they're all obviously not going to be on the roster when it comes down to thing but zimmer's trying to figure out a, a rotation there after what he went through last year and he's always made that statement you can never have enough quarterbacks quarterbacks and you know what to be perfectly honest he's right since he's been here i've never seen i never realized that cornerbacks get injured as much as they do i know we, it has surprised me over time. I never even paid attention to that until he made that comment. And then you look and, you know, and then I started saying, well, yeah, I guess these guys are acrobats out there and they're contorting their bodies in strange ways. And it's probably the most difficult position to do because you're running away from the ball and you got to somehow turn around and get back to it to make a legal defense of the play. They're going to get injured. Oh well, yeah. The, I, the, the momentum of running backwards then cutting forwards. Yes. Yes, and so it's true. He's absolutely right. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's this this offseason has gone to a comical so so I just start putting it together, and I you know I'm talking about both loading up on a defensive line which was bad last year and is the the fulcrum of your your defense, and loading up on cornerbacks is which is where in a passing league it's really hugely important i said i think that linebackers are going to be okay they're going to find a nice rotation they're getting two of their stars back from injury you know so they they had to figure out how to get the defensive line set up to to be real you know stop the run and and yep. really pressure that quarterback which helps the cornerbacks so I, I, that and was then there's the a special stuff. teams aspect of it 
That's true too. So they have yeah. to rebuild the what was an atrocious special teams unit and corners are gunners and and they're some of the best athletes you have on your team. They've always yeah. said that cornerbacks and so yeah. It, so it, it, it is a fine thing. I, I said when I first thought I was starting to get annoyed with it. Now when I see the sh- stuff that happens in life, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said okay, I'm in. Go ahead, Zim. Figure it out. You know, get 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 the numbers you need. Pair them down. Get a decent roster and. And, I wonder if there's a and, like then, a... and then, wait, Joe, and then and then maybe it'll make me feel differently about where I should be. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a uh, disproportionate amount of injuries at the cornerback position under Zimmer because That's he, he, you know, he asks so much of them. That's a very good question. I should yeah. look into that. Yeah, it, 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 you know, if since he's been here and, and we started and he said that we started looking at him. It happens all the time. Yeah. Whereas you can't, you can't, you can't include a Xavier Xavier Rhodes in there since he would get hurt and come back and get hurt and come back and get hurt and come back all in the same game. <laughs> I know people would kind of joke that he would uh, feign injury when he got beat, but there yeah. were a couple times where it looked like his knee like went the wrong direction. Oh, absolutely. And it'd be like, okay, well, he's done for the year. And then he'd come out of the <laughs> tent and just be like, are they cloning him? Yes. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I, it's I, well I, worth yeah. looking into, Joe. That's an actually an interesting question. But, yeah, your your article was very timely, and I think that that's you know one of the, my larger fears for this season, both really the, the entire secondary is – you know they're, they're they're a little thin, but as you mentioned, they still have about 14 million left. You want to keep some of that for the season, you know, uh, for injuries that you might have to pick up somebody here or there. Um, but I would feel a lot better if they, you know, landed some sort of I don't know safety or corner that was of note. Did someone sign Richard Sherman yet? I don't think so. He's a, he's a free agent. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, he was like a, the, a top five free agent. Uh, we, we've got we've uh, got. He's still a, he's still a free agent. Yeah. But we, we've already signed Richard Sherman. His name is Patrick Peterson. So I don't yeah, think. there you go. Um, anyway, yeah, I wanted to end the show by issuing a retraction and an apology to a couple uh, former Vikings players who, you know, the long and short of it, you know, it's hard for me to, to describe because I don't necessarily want to reconnect them to something that they didn't deserve to be in the first place, but there was an article posted by one of our senior writers uh, about the um, canceled and rescheduled uh, sort of boat tour on Lake Minnetonka that was... Uh, I'm sure everyone heard about a lot of jokes being made about it. You know, uh, at best, it was an ignorant uh, oversight, uh, and at worst, it was trying to monetize uh, something that was kind of a really messed up event, you know, from uh, 12, 13 years ago. And, you know, one of our writers uh, kind of dismissed our... Uh, protocol and the way that we do things and essentially wrote an article based on unsubstantiated rumors from social media and named uh, Dante Culpepper, uh, Tommy Kramer, and John Randall as uh, people that were rumored to have signed up to come to the rescheduled boat party. And none of that was true. 
that was something that was easy, easily uh, verifiable for that writer. Uh, he he did not do anything the right way, and he you know I don't want to uh, complain or say poor us or poor me, um, but you know uh, he damaged our reputation, but he more importantly. Uh, and much uh, more um, something that that that's much worse and, and and more important is that he, you know, connected these three men who have you know played and uh, worked their entire lives to build a brand. And some of these guys, you know, didn't play in the era of these gigantic contracts, and their brand now is of outsized importance because of sponsorships and monetization and for their name to be connected to something and for that to be posted on the network that I built, I just want to a take com complete responsibility for it. You know, again, I didn't write it, but I own the website. It was posted on my network. I'm mortified that this happened, that these guys were upset that their reputation, even if it's, said rumored um was was you know tarnished it, it 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 makes me angry it makes me really upset and so i want to again uh issue that retraction i want to apologize to to dante to to tommy who's been on our show twice to john randall who i've um spoken to a few times and is is a great guy and say that you know none of that was true these are great guys they did not deserve their names to be so flippantly and cavalierly just included in an article based on social media rumor you know that is not what we're about here with the sports that's not us we don't trade in rumors we've worked incredibly hard to try to shed the the sort of you know four letter word that is blog you know to uh the nfl because to be be completely honest with you the 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 biggest thing that the nfl has against blogs or online only entities as they also call it is that anybody can post anything at any time. There's no editorial standard. And their fear is articles like this. And so it just validates things that I've sacrificed everything. Joe, you've sacrificed a lot. Again, I'm not trying to make this about us because we're in the wrong. But it's something that I want to explain that way to show how important this is and how seriously I'm taking it and how, uh, you know, just again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm so sorry to those guys. And, uh, you know, I want to explain it in that way. So people understand that there's a reason we don't do things that way. And if it's, it's you know, to be completely honest with you, everything that I've learned about sports journalism, I've learned from you. That's why I always call you my mentor. Cause I, that's scary. You know, <laughs> I didn't go to school for for sports journalism, and this has really made me uh, look at our operation and say, you know, 
we need to perhaps change how we do some things, but we also need to to really uh, bring some some guys in and and pay them to to teach some of our guys journalist journalistic ethics and and how to really you know do these things because this was a, a, such a amateur sort of just awful thing that was done for the worst possible reasons the the incentive uh, the motivation was not was was not a good one it was basically to get the story first so you can make the most money possible uh and it disregarded the reputation of guys that i grew up really looking up to and i know you know they tell you if you're going to come to any vikings event as a and as a journalist you know you can't even wear purple let alone you know, ask for an autograph. You're not supposed to act like a fan, but I'm a fan. Uh, we all are. Uh, it, it really does not sit well with me to know that guys that basically <coughs> are the reason that I pursued this as a, a you know, this, as a dream uh, were hurt by what I built. It just, it, yeah. I, I just feel awful about it. It, it, it well said, Joe. And, and uh, unfortunately it happened. It, it, it's, it's it's really uh, a journalism one on one. You know, uh, a you don't you don't uh, uh, traffic in rumor unless you can verify that those things as fact. And you know, with every story right, we're always on the you know the precipice of of something like this happening. These while these people are public figures, they have uh, that doesn't mean that you can salaciously. Uh, publicize rumors about them if they're not true, or yeah. even if they are. I mean, I, I, I've never even been one for that. And uh, this was, uh, like you said, done for the wrong reasons, and it was it was executed very poorly. And um, it, it it shows you just what's on the other side of that precipice. I mean, you can you can uh, really hurt somebody and and damage their reputation. And like you said. They're, it, it, they are still trading on that reputation as they go forward, and if and if they've built a, a career out of it, around it, uh, to be able to take it down uh, any in any form or fashion that easily is is really scary. So uh, you have to be careful. You have to be diligent. You have to do. You have to, especially if you're you're trying to report something that is could have this possibility to hurt yep. somebody. You darn well better check it and make sure and and get two, if not three sources or more. And you know, and and that unfortunately that could have been the source could have been uh, uh, um, cons uh, consulted on this one, and it wasn't. And that that's a huge failing on our part. Exactly. And I remember one of the first things you told me uh, w that when we uh, started working together years ago and you kind of took me under your wing was i think i wrote an article about firing someone or cutting somebody and you basically were like you know i i personally never write those sort of articles i don't agree with them and you you said you know joe you have to realize that these are human beings with families uh yep. and and that always you know that that always stuck with me and, and it's so easy to think of them not it's so easy to think of them as the purple uniform that they wear and not exactly you know and 
to, you know, to make excuses and say, well, we said it was a rumor and uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, you know, that's, I really, and I, maybe not all of it is altruism or whatever. Maybe it makes me feel good about myself and it's not a hundred percent, you know, selfless, but I really, uh, I worked for an internet startup out of college. I had a, a horrible experience, horrible. Uh, and I've always wanted to, you know, A, uh, run my own company so I never had to be in that situation again. Uh, and B, I, where, you know, I want every intern that we have to their their first experience in the industry to be positive. And, the, you know, every person that we work with and every writer, everyone is treated fairly and compensated as such. And, you know, it's it's just so against the 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 sort of uh, the mission of what we do here you know and some bells can't be unrung and it's so again there'll be an article um that'll be live by the time the show is up as well but uh yeah i just wanted to apologize to Joe. those guys again because yep. man it, it just wasn't okay on the other side of the coin it's not something that happens often here and uh, like you say, we do have protocols in, in place to, to to make sure it doesn't. But things happen, and the the right thing to do is, is I mean, to only, acknowledge only, it and apologize for the it. The only rumors that I I trade in are ones about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, like, where, that's so, where that's where the clicks come from. All them, uh, all them Oberly rumors. Yes, well, the life I lead, I tell you, it's, it's <laughs> that's for sure. Did you know that Oberly buys that maple syrup? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but that's kind of a weird way to, to end the show. Uh, but again, also, if you're, you're interested in, in, in competing in the Oofta Sports slash Guillotine League, Super Chop League, uh, check out vikingsterritory.com, purpleptsd.com. You'll see the information there. You can sign up. It's $50 per head, the... the the leagues are going to fill up fast. Uh, you'll see the list of all the different uh, ex-players or, or fantasy football gurus that you'll be competing against, what the the first, second, third place prizes are. And uh, hopefully you'll join us this season, and we'll all have some fun. But we will return next week, which I think will be the 30th of June. Uh, but this has been the Vikings territory breakdown uh, for the 23rd of June. Thanks for everyone for tuning in. See you next week. Skull. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. 
Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV and less repair bills plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.